Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome back to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us at episode 136, where today Becky and I will be talking all about prescription drugs and how medications can often be drivers of whole body imbalance. You know we talk about within the realm of functional medicine seeking to address the root cause. And often medications are really that band-aid, which may address a symptom, but then often can drive other undesired side effects and create this total spiral shoot storm (laughs) into Farmageddon. And I'm trying to decide if I'm going to transition this podcast to be explicit lyrics. So (laughs) Um, I think you're allowed to wear a little bit. I don't know how that works. I don't know either, Um, actually. (laughs) Guys, if you're offended by us, don't tell us. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't answer. Um, Awesome. So uh, let's talk, Becky, first, some updates. I I know we have a lot of content to get through today. We're going to kind of highlight the top prescribed medications in the U.S. and discuss the downside effects, nutritional imbalances that can occur from use of the medication, as well as how you can functionally address the root cause of why you would seek the medication in the first place. And then maybe even if you've been on the medication, some considerations to help to mitigate the side effects or to aid in the weaning off of the medication process. So get ready for a chuck full of info packed episode as always, but let's talk updates, Becky. Yeah. So before we get into today's content, which I think will be a lot of aha moments for listeners, uh, we're very, very excited to announce that you can now pre-order the Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook. And right now it's 30% off on Amazon. So I think it's about 12 bucks. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes. Um, $11.56 right now if you pre-order. And when you pre-order, you just kind of lock and load it into your cart and it will arrive to you. Right now the, the um, date is listing as September 17th, which I'm sure as we get closer with publishing timelines and all the things that may adjust, but it just like shows up at your door the day it's released, which is the most exciting thing about pre-ordering. I love doing that with lots of books because then it's like you're getting a little present that you don't expect in the mail. (laughs) Yes. And it is definitely my personal goal to get it out to you guys before Labor Day. So I I think we'll be aggressive on that timeline. Shouldn't have any problems. And along that vein, we're starting to loosely plan a fall book tour. So if you live close to a large metropolitan city and you want me to come speak at your bookstore, shoot me an email. You can email info at AllieMillerRD with the subject fall book tour or anti-anxiety diet book tour. 
And I will lecture both from the Anti-Anxiety Diet book and the newly released Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook and would love to exchange hugs and positive vibes and all the things. And I know we've already gotten some requests for Chicago. We've gotten some requests for LA, Seattle. So I'm hoping to pick like eight different cities that I'll be implementing a fall tour on. So the best way to get me in your spot is hit me up. You can also DM me on Instagram. And, um, you know, we do this like, elbow grease and backstrap approach. Uh, so it's also about if you have any direct relationships with a bookstore or a wellness center that would like to host me, that makes it even more awesome to have a community partner and lead helping to share the event and helping us to set up logistics because that's just Becky and I doing that on our own <laughs> and using the Google machine, which doesn't always get you too far when you're trying to make organic community relationships in new areas that uh, may not be as familiar with my movement. Yes. So if you have a meetup group or a part of a keto group or a foodist medicine or functional medicine community in your area, that would be really helpful to us to have kind of an audience ready and waiting when we're on Absolutely. tour. Absolutely. Yeah. And right. I like to do these things for free. So, you know, it's just kind of getting me there and setting up the logistics. So go on over, pre-order Anti-Anxiety Diet Cookbook, 30% off right now, under $12. That's crazy. And there are amazing recipes, resources. I'm going to dig a lot more into carb cycling because I know that that's a high need area of still confusion for people and why I do real food keto. There's going to be a lot of information against non-caloric sweeteners. There is going to be information on using the anti-anxiety diet protocol for your household, adjusting keto restrictions for children and so much more. So when you're over there and you pre-order your copy, also hop on over to the Anti-Anxiety Diet, which is already out. If you don't have that, get that. That's also on sale. It's $10.84. And I'd really love to hit 100 reviews within this next month. We're at 71 or maybe 72 now. I didn't look since yesterday. Reviews on the Anti-Anxiety Diet book. And um, I've really been loving hearing your feedback, how it's actually changing lives of people that I'm not working with directly clinically. And that's the whole idea of this podcast and putting out content and, and information beyond the one-to-one -one patient relationship and trying to provide you the best resources I can that are thorough, grounded in science, guided by nature, and yield clinical outcomes to really change and enhance your life. Yes, you, you listening right now. Yes. So let's read a couple of those five-star reviews on here and, and highlight a couple of our big supporters. But if you do leave a review, feel free to screenshot it and tag us. We'll reshare and send you some love for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So this one's from Living My Best Life, five out of five stars. Food really is medicine. I love, love, love this book. Allie Miller is very knowledgeable about nutrition and Buddhist medicine. I follow a keto lifestyle, and this book is helping me with my IBS and PTSD. The recipes are delicious and easy to make, and I already pre-ordered her companion cookbook. Good job. Awesome. Love it. You're killing it. So the next one is uh, entitled Outstanding in Caps, Functional Health Book. <laughs> this book is really good, profoundly good. This book is the guide, to, and we don't know this person, I promise. <laughs> this isn't even a patient. Um, good job, mom. Thanks for writing it. <laughs> this book is the guide to help steer yourself or a loved one slash friend away from the misery of anxiety and depression and toward a whole new joyful life. 
Allie Miller gives in-depth explanations of the biological mechanisms that cause brain dysfunction. Spoiler alert, it's more about what's going on in your gut than actual brain and how to individualize the steps to heal. The book includes foods to eat and avoid, supplements that can help, and other lifestyle habits that have a big impact. The book isn't just for those suffering with mental emotional distress, but for anyone who wants to optimize their overall health and get the most out of life. I bought this book to help research for a friend whose daughter is suffering and found many things to help myself. Before starting keto three and a half years ago, depression was constant lifelong battle. This book helped me clear some of those last little shreds hanging on from that. And now at age 47, I feel better than ever. Allie Miller has an amazing, amazing podcast, Naturally Nourished, along with her co-host Becky. Oh, hey! That you can che- <laughs> that's you. That you can check out to see what she has to offer. These hippy dippy nutrition superstars. Oh, I like that. <laughs> These hippy dippy nutrition superstars know more than ninety nine percent of doctors out there about how to help heal and experience abundant health. Go, Allie. Can't wait for the cookbook to come out. And I know we starred more, Becky, but I'm already getting pretty red. Yeah, you're them. blushing. I'm sure. <laughs> I can't see you, but I know you're blushing. So we'll, yeah, <laughs> but we'll keep reading um, great reviews as they come in and maybe start posting a few more on the Instagrams as well. Uh, but again, go on over to Amazon, pre-order the cookbook, and leave a five-star review if you've read The Anti-Anxiety Diet. Oh my gosh, I'm just pulling from a little excerpt from the last okay, one fine. that we had that we were going to share. <laughs> uh, it says, uh, okay, but I figured I'd give it a try and I'm so glad I did in, in, in speaking to the anti-anxiety diet. She says, once I was off gluten and off all other inflammatory foods, my energy and mood just skyrocketed. I told my husband with tears in my eyes, I feel like I'm finally living now. Oh, I love drop. it. And she got her husband <laughs> on it and he lost 15 pounds, so... Good for so the whole awesome. family. That's amazing. So I may not read them all out loud, but I do read them all and it really fuels my fire. So if you are liking what I'm putting out there, please, even if you take two sentences, it's so helpful and that does help with the algorithms or those complex equations of the world of the internet <laughs> and Amazon in what you're suggested. So if you feel that this book has helped you, chances are that it could help hundreds or thousands of other people. So please do diligence and share. And also you can share within your own social media, your own friends, family, household. Sharing is caring. Yes, to all of that. And then let's talk about KetoCon, which will be the next opportunity um, for you guys to come out and meet us in person. And it's in Austin. It is. So it's at the end of June and um, we will be sure to put a link to purchase tickets here. And I am going to be on the medical panel, I believe Friday evening. And then Saturday, I will be speaking on the keynote stage on, I believe, functional medicine approaches or troubleshooting your keto diet and, and really harnessing in on thyroid, adrenals, and sexual hormone imbalance. Yes. So come on out and meet us. We won't be expoing this year, but we will definitely be around all weekend. Come give us a hug and a high five and for sure catch Allie's panel and lecture. Yes. Please, please. Yes. And then also upcoming in June, I think we're starting the recording process for the anti-anxiety diet virtual class. 
So this will be an application of everything that you've learned in the book, kind of broken down by topic and doing some more um, food as medicine recipe demonstration as a class that you can purchase and go through kind of chapter by chapter as you're reading the book. Yes. So it will be a passive, non-active. So unlike our virtual ketosis food as medicine program, which has enrollment, you know, in every quarter of the year, this is going to be a stagnant class like my 10 day detox or my optimal eating class that you can watch on your own time. You'll have access. I don't know if we've set the guidelines of length of time of access. It might be a lifetime. It might be three months, but it'll be very clear when you purchase it. And um, the idea is, yes, just kind of putting a complete circle around this HPA access, these topics of what stress, what the, what role stress plays on our body, on our health, and how to really make identifiable action steps to manifest shifts and change within your body. So it's going to be a lot of my speak, um, more organically delivered, taking the high level science in the anti-anxiety diet book, and then applying some of the recipes from the anti-anxiety diet cookbook and marrying that all in together into awesomeness. So stay tuned. That'll probably launch like in fall as we're getting ready to release the, the cookbook. And we'll probably do some fun giveaways within the course, you know, if you pre-purchase the book and whatnot. So make sure that you save your purchase history because that might be something we'll use as like a raffle. All right. So, so, so much going on. Let's jump into today's topic. And I think before we go into specifics on what some of the common prescription drugs can do to our bodies, let's talk about um, issues around why a practitioner would go to drugs or why that's the norm in our conventional medical system. Oh man, that's it. I think that's an a episode question. Uh, you know, and I think that goes into the concept of how, unfortunately, our medical system and the financial relationship within it creates a very broken dynamic of really sick care versus health care, and that there's a big difference within that that world of are we practicing sick care. And we are looking at diagnosing a condition or disease driven by these diagnostic codes, which are called right now ICD-10 codes, right? So these are uh, diagnostic criteria, and that's how the insurance industry right now works. You have to have a a code diagnostic, and you have to have a procedural code. So was the procedural code a face-to-face appointment? Was it a educational component? Was it an intervention, you know, like a uh, lab or a procedure that was done in office or what have you? Uh, Was there motivational interviewing? That would be a psychological code add-on or a complementary therapy add-on. And um, unfortunately, that creates this tunnel vision. And when we look at most doctor-patient relationships, there really isn't ample time for the practitioner to connect with the patient to go into a deep level of investigation, unless that doctor is practicing a cash-based medical clinic. Um, The big difference there is, again, insurance is based on billable rate, and it's billed in quadrants or 15-minute components. So a lot of times, insurance companies cap out after one or two quadrants of billing. And so a doctor won't get financial 
payback, whether they've spent 45 minutes or 75 minutes or 15 minutes with a patient, it might be returned at the same impact based on the pre-negotiated rates with that company of insurance and how they see that diagnostic code should be treated. So if the code is hyperlipidemia, let's say, which is a form of elevated cholesterol, you know, that's only going to get billed out at X amount. And so that doctor isn't going to do free work um, and invest more time and energy at the potential impact of the financial security of their business model, right? They still have to pay their front staff and all the things. So I think the first issue is that there's not enough time for further investigation. And I've talked about before when I work with patients and when Becky works with patients, when we look at a initial consultation as a functional medicine practitioner, we are really taking the time to disengage any pre-developed thought processes of what a condition is, even if we've read history with ALS or a history with rheumatoid arthritis or active flare with Crohn's disease or whatnot, we go into it with just knowing information, but not having any preconceived treatment modalities, right? And then we work as the detective of the body to really spend time with that patient to understand how they got there how it's being expressed, and why it's being expressed in the first place. So what are that individual person's underlying mechanisms that drove to this expression of their state of disease? And even within that being said, in our 90-minute initial consultation, when we're thoroughly investigating systems of the body that may have nothing to seemingly do with the diagnosis, right? Like I might spend with someone with Crohn's disease, 15 minutes talking about their GI tract, and I might spend 20 minutes talking about their stress and their hormones, yeah. you know? And, and so again, it's like when you see a specialist, if that person saw just a gastroenterologist, they're only going to get an assessment of the world of that specialist. They're not getting that whole body assessment. They're not learning about structural health and how that individual had hives and skin flares, which was probably histamine mediated cortisol issues, backpedaling 10 years before Crohn's you know, expressed itself. Um, and so I think that that's the difference, the time and really getting to know the patient. And then what I really do and what Becky and I have discussed a lot as you know, she's grown her clinical practice is never letting ego interfere with a diagnosis or treatment plan either, because I've only met Susie Q, my patient, you know, of 90 minutes of time. And I am going to thoroughly investigate all elements of her medical history. And then I'm going to tell it back to her. And I'm going to let Susie Q tell me if what I'm sharing resonates strongly, if anything sounds off, or if there's anything that I'm over jumping on or under appreciating as far as the elements that she shared with me, because I may be jumping onto something that she's like, but really I did get divorced, but it was a really healthy relationship change. You know, that wasn't a stress dynamic. I didn't have any sleep changes, X, Y, Z. Um, and so that's really important that we don't as practitioners create the story. We listen to the information and we reshare the story and then we allow interpretation from that patient. Sure. So I think the big difference there obviously is, is time spent with a patient looks like 90 minutes versus 15 to 20 of an initial visit. Or five. Or five. Yep. Yep. <laughs> or um, two. <laughs> and again, like, yes, we as functional medicine practitioners, yes, we have protocols and we have, you know, in our back of our minds, like this is where I go for leaky gut. This is where I go for that patient with Crohn's. But again, if we hear something in the story that's like 
a bigger red flag of an issue, we're probably going to go down that rabbit hole first versus this like convenience of A plus B equals C. So I prescribe this drug. Absolutely. And I think that's the the next, you know, issue is that physicians and uh, allopathic practitioners, you know, so anyone that's trained in a more conventional medical model that we're just allopathic versus like naturopathic, right? Allopathic practitioners are taught in algorithms. So it's, you know, hyper going back to the hyperlipidemia, Susie Q or whatever, right? So hyperlipidemia, first line of defense is lifestyle therapy. Oh, I may provide you a handout through the NIH and check a box on my electric, electronic medical chart to say that I provided patient education. I'm using air quotes, mind you. Um, and a lot of that information on the diet to follow is not in alignment with what Becky and I recommend anyway, right? But then B, they don't even allow the intervention of lifestyle. They go right to that next algorithm step, which is, you know, statin drug of anyone that has total cholesterol at 200 plus, blah, 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 blah. Um, And so it's, like I said, a a knotted web of financial institution, simple algorithms, checking boxes, and then lack of time and and that personalized investment. Sure. Um, And yeah, the convenience of, you know, that easy algorithm will yield in theory, a predictable outcome in some sense that we know kind of what we're going to get. Uh, But often this is really just silencing symptoms. And in a lot of cases that we'll get into today, it can make things worse on the other end, or we can end up on, you know, three more drugs to deal with the side effects of that one initial drug that was prescribed. Oh, absolutely. And, And so I think the difference again, in just like a simplistic Form is that with functional medicine, we seek the why, not the what. And we are looking at this, what I call upstream medicine approach versus downstream. So I really like to think of like the whack-a-mole game, right? Downstream is like the mole pops up and you whack it. But then unfortunately, the mole pops up from other holes, right? Is that the name of the game? It is. And I I definitely like use that term. I think I must have gotten it from you with a lot of patients. You guys have probably heard (laughs) me say it. (laughs) So yeah. So, you know, you block that one and then it pops up from other places and so forth. And that's where you're saying, Becky, like it creates this cascade of other symptoms that may have not been expressed until you started that medication, which blocked that metabolic process, which creates X, Y, Z. Well, with functional medicine, it's like we are actually digging our own hole. (laughs) We're not blocking a -a whack-a-mole. We're actually digging our own hole and we're finding that mole. (laughs) And we're pulling that mole out and, I don't know, drowning it or something. That sounds terrible. But resolving it. Releasing it into the the wild. Um. (laughs) Yeah, releasing it. That's a little bit more (laughs) So upstream medicine, you know, I I use this example a lot of times when I'm lecturing and and I get questions from people all the time of like, okay, so if you believe in food as medicine, then why are you such a big proponent of supplements? Mm -hmm. Why are you such a big proponent of nutraceuticals or these, you know, mega dose nutrients or whatnot? And, And my answer is always, well, because it's upstream medicine. And so what that means is we're looking at pathways and expressions in the body of imbalance. And if we can actually replete a functional nutrient deficiency, that may resolve three, four, five different areas of expressed imbalance and then potentially um, correct the nutritional deficiency before another symptom has even expressed itself. So, you know, I might have that same, let's use Susie Q. She's my friend today. So Susie Q comes to me and in that initial consultation, you know, she says, 
when I'm talking about structural health, she's like, well, my hair has totally been thinning. I did check my ferritin levels and my thyroid's fine as well. Okay. Um, then she says, well, my A1C has been creeping up. It's now at 6.2. It was at 5.9 last year. And I, I think I eat a pretty low glycemic diet. So she's also pre-diabetic, almost diabetic. And then we're talking about the stress and sleep thing. She's got some borderline depression that's been creeping up with age. She's waking in the middle of the night, having a difficult time winding down. Well, when I run her micronutrients, I may find that something like biotin is a functional deficiency, right? Or a significant deficiency. And I might find lifestyle elements that are depleting her biotin. Like maybe she's eating the nut butter packs that have egg white in them, or, you know, she's using egg white as her primary protein or only eating egg white omelets. So all of that is going to bind biotin in the body, right? The biotin is found in the yolk and then the white itself can bind excess. And also um, by giving her a good dose of biotin, we may resolve all of those symptoms. So we're working upstream and addressing something from the root when we use targeted nutritional and supplemental therapies. Sure. And if Susie Q had gone to a conventional practitioner first, she might end up on four or five medications for those four seemingly separate issues, right? Absolutely. And then, you know, if we're talking about things like metformin for diabetes, that's a mitochondrial disruptor. Yeah. So now she's dealing with chronic fatigue and potential muscle aches. And if she started on Lunesta or another sleep aid for insomnia, now she's dealing with early onset of Alzheimer's disease or cognitive decline or, you know, issues with lucid thought patterns throughout the day and evening. So exactly. Not only can it create the need for more drug therapy, but it can also interfere with quality of life. And I think that's the big area that, that we're trying to kind of express with today's episode topic of these prescription drugs may not only be a Band-Aid, but they might drive more dysfunction, whether that creates the need for more medication or it may just you know create undesired symptoms and, and impact quality of life. Sure. Um, and then we have mentioned several times now on the podcast, but worth mentioning again that um, we've recently made all of our functional labs that we offer over at AllieMillerRD.com available to non-clients just so we can reach more people in a way that you know financially works for you guys. Um, and our micronutrient panel is a really, really good starting place. Again, if Susie Q's situation sounds like you or if you do suspect micronutrient deficiency, and honestly, everybody's got something like Allie and I run ours every year and we strive to have no functional deficiencies. I think I had two or three this year, um, but <laughs> there's always something that you can optimize. Um, and that's a really good way to get ahead again with upstream medicine, get ahead of these deficiencies before the symptoms actually rear their head. Or if you've got something going on, that's kind of a um, gray area of, you know, a whole bucket list of, of symptoms. It's a really, really good starting place. Exactly. And you don't have to use that as an alternative to working with your practitioner. This can be complementary and it can just give you more information to be empowered with. So when you do a lab on my website, you will get a custom review from Becky or myself. And in the, for instance, of the micronutrient test, you also get a detailed handout that we use in clinic with our active patients. And it provides you a column after it lists in the first column all of the nutrients by name that were tested, 
Then the second column is going to list signs and symptoms of deficiency. So you can see how it's being expressed within your body. Then we give you a more detailed geeky biochem explanation of that nutrient. And then in the fourth column, we provide you with food as medicine goals for repletion. So you can both work with the, you know, if you're working with zinc, for instance, you can both work with getting in those smoked oysters, getting in the pepitas, increasing your red meat to three to four times a day. Well, we'll actually advise on the form of zinc, like instead of zinc citrate, using a zinc in a chelated form, and we will directly send that through an e-dispensary, or if it's something within the Naturally Nourished supplement line, of course, we'd give you a direct link for something like that. Yes. So really, really good starting place. I'll link to that in the show notes for today's episode. And I love doing this little email reviews because a lot of people are commenting back like, oh my God, you totally nailed it. Like, that's me, that's me, that's me. And it feels really good that you know, we didn't even have a full session together and we're hitting on a lot of um, underlying issues and and getting resolution for more and more people than we can reach in our limited clinic hours. Yes. The hamster wheel can only spin so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, So with food as medicine as our focus, I know a lot of clients come to us seeking alternative to medications or a plan to wean off. Um, So we are, you know, working with people who understand the impact of drugs on the body. But even then, I think a lot of drugs that are over the counter or certain prescriptions are taken for granted or expected as the norm without examining why and what. Um, And I think a good example is sometimes I have to ask three times to find out that somebody's on birth control. You know, I have to ask in like three different areas or Zyrtec or like, you know, some of these allergy medications that I'm like, wait a second, back up. You said you were on zero over the counters. And both of those, right, Zyrtec, you know, in the antihistamine world, something, but like Flonase, like let's talk about a corticosteroid. You'll have a patient that's like, I can't get into keto. It's like, well, you're taking a glucocorticoid. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. and, And I totally agree. I think that unfortunately, a lot of medications become so, is the word passe or just like you just you just don't even think about it checking in in a box of something because you're not going to a pharmacy. And we think of so many drugs that used to be pharmaceutical only that are now over the counter, like another big family that we'll talk about at length today, PPIs, right? So Nexium, Protonics, these used to be prescription only. And then, you know, through lobbying and financial institution and pressure, These are all available over the counter now. So people don't even think of them as a quote unquote drug. But I I love this conversation because I think that we have to reduce that normalization of a lot of these commonly used tools. And I think anti-anxiety and antidepressant drugs are one to discuss for certain, especially the fact that we are going to these as interventions for children when I really think a lot of the time kids are just being kids and we may need to work with nutritional therapy, especially if the child has MTHFR, we may need to ensure that they're methylating. We may need to ensure that they have a good amount of minerals in their diet or are getting a good supplement like the Multivale Kids for foundational support, getting probiotics to help with their neurotransmitter balance, because it's very scary to know that children that are prescribed antidepressants or stimulants are three to five times more likely to convert to bipolar disorder or manic depressive disorder. It's a pretty high statistic. And unfortunately, we know that 65% 
of Americans are using antidepressants or anti-anxiety drugs, and that's 65% of the population over age 15. That's pretty freaking insane. (laughs) Yeah, and it goes up higher. I mean, it's when we look at the uh, ages of 18 to 24, 27% um, people, I'm sorry, 65% increase. Increased. There was yeah. 27% okay. of the population, um, from 18 to 24 are on some form of a drug for mental illness and one in eight Americans over age 12. So I said that wrong. 65% increase in the use of antidepressants and anti-anxiety drugs over the last 15 years. Okay. So over a decade and some change, and then one in eight Americans over age 12, which is still pretty disturbing. It's huge. And I think that 65% increase really speaks to, again, the normalization of, of this that, okay, maybe we're talking more about anxiety and depression, which is a great conversation. And I'm glad we're having it, but the norm of, oh, just go to your doctor and, you know, get on Zoloft, this, that, the other thing is becoming that much more normalized that we've seen that huge spike in just 15 years. I don't think the amount of anxiety and depression has spiked that much. You know, it's just well, the, and the rates drug aren't, use. They yeah. aren't going down. Right. You know, you would think if the drugs worked right. that the rates of depression and yeah. anxiety would go down, but they're going up as well. And so, you know, obviously that was a huge premise of the anti-anxiety diet to give us a, a look at foundational drivers of anxiety, depression, and just stress intolerance, just feeling burned out and imbalanced within our mental health. Because unfortunately, again, it goes back to the algorithm deal of you have a five-minute appointment and you're prescribed the the newest or the most popular SSRI that that doctor writes scripts for. And that may not work with your genetics. That may not work with your status of neurotransmitter imbalance, or that may not work with your biochemistry. And then it puts through this whole rabbit hole of, you know, okay, this drug dumbs down my libido and this drug made me gain 15 pounds. And and it just can create a very vicious cycle of, again, that kind of whack-a-mole. Sure. And we are seeing more psychiatrists start to run like SNP testing and, and kind of look at, yes. okay, what medications would look be- would work best on this individual. But what if we looked instead at, hey, what nutrients do we need to replete in this individual because of their unique genetic makeup, right? And again, going full circle to Suzy Q, when you replete that nutrient, you know, it might be magnesium bisglycinate, like in the relax and regulate, or, you know, relax and regulate also has inositol, which aids in ovarian function and can help with healthy cycle reset with hormones. So not only will Suzy Q potentially improve her insomnia and anxiety, but she may improve her hypothalamic amenorrhea or her loss of a period that she's been having for nine months that her doctor told her to just go on birth control, which sure. is further going to yep. deplete her B vitamins and make her more depressed yep. and anxious. Yep. Total, oh. total vicious cycle. Um, on yep. that note, let's talk about um, the norms of statin drugs. Cause I think that's another really big kind of shocker of how many people are actually going on statins based on, again, like you said, that algorithm of total cholesterol over 200. Here's your statin. Right. So in 2015 to 2016, CDC found, the Center for Disease Control found that 50% of men age 60 and older were taking 
a medication to lower cholesterol or a statin drug. And women were at about 38%. And if you listen to, I'll just stop the buck there because you'll hear Dr. Nadir Ali in our episode, I believe it was 128, Keto Cardiologist, talk about how not a single research study to date has shown importance or efficacy of a female with the use of a statin drug because that HMG-CoA reductase pathway works differently um, in women than it does in men. So kind of interesting food for thought there. Yeah. And so interesting to keep prescribing these blanket drugs that aren't effective. And too many. (laughs) That's really high. Um, And then let's talk a little bit about just kind of the top um, drugs that are prescribed in the US and, and what these drugs are for. Oh, goodness. Yeah. So I'll run through them. These are the top 10 prescribed drugs um, as of uh, 2018. And be mindful that the industry itself, worldwide, $800 billion industry, and the top 20 drugs in the US yielded $135 billion of that revenue. Okay. Yikes. So we, yeah, it's a lot. And, you know, with each of these drugs I list, there's going to be some uh, overlap of their mechanism of action or why they'd be prescribed. So I'll try to call that out. And then also, the top one, which is very frustrating, uh, Vicodin uh, or hydrocodone and the uh, acetaminophen uh, hybrid of that, of course, is very highly correlated to overdosing and addictive tendencies and then driving the resurgence of the heroin epidemic mm-hmm. with the opioid addiction in America. And so that's the top prescribed drug as of now. And that's definitely a dynamic change. It used to be a statin drug as the top one, and then went into anti-anxiety and antidepressants. So the second drug is simvastatin, which is a generic statin. Okay. Then we're going into lisinopril, which is going to be a blood pressure drug. We're looking at levothyroxine, which is the generic for synthroid. So thyroid medication. We're looking at, uh, Zithromax, Z-Pax or, uh, azithromycin, which is an antibiotic, the really powerhouse antibiotic that really should only be prescribed with things like C. diff. And there's a lot of antibiotic resistance that's far as from that. Unfortunately, it can be prescribed for such minute things that it isn't necessary for. (laughs) That gets handed out like candy, you know, like sinus infection, cold, here, take a Z-pack and it might not even work. And right, it's viral, not bacterial, maybe. Anyway, <laughs> uh, metformin is the sixth one. So that's our first diabetic drug on the list. Uh, so generic for glucophage. Uh, we're looking at Lipitor, another statin drug. A torvastatin would be the generic term of that. And that's uh, number seven. We are looking at um, amoxicillin, another antibiotic, and then hydrochlorothiazide blood pressure drug as well. So we have two antibiotics, two blood pressure drugs, two statins. We have uh, pain medication, uh, two pain medications, and uh, Synthroid all in the mix. Yeah. So super, super interesting um, stats. And, and yeah, that $800 billion revenue, that's like jaw-dropping statistic for sure. Um, and, you know, again, prescription of these drugs can lead to prescription of more drugs and more disease essentially via blocking certain pathways in the body. So let's start to talk about um, drug-induced nutrient depletions and what happens when you're on some of these drugs, what nutrients actually get depleted and what could come up as side effects because of that nutrient depletion. 
Totally. So we'll go into some fun chicken and egg stuff. And, and I, I will, we'll turn the conversation into action orientation now, but just sidebar, I would really like to like have a big advocate on here because I'm not the person. And <laughs> we both joke, we're like, we don't want anyone ringing our doorbell, uh, <laughs> burning our houses down. Mm-hmm. But, um, I think that it is just one of those jaw dropping shock awe elements that you know you you vote with your dollar and uh, unfortunately we need to be more empowered patients and more educated patients in what we're putting in our bodies and the concern is not only is this an 800 billion dollar industry but and not only do they know that the drugs prescription leads to other drug use that's smart business right but they also hold this power like the in, the increases we've been seeing in prescription drug amounts has been astronomical like i'm thinking of just albuterol inhalers you know that's been kind of the big buzz or epipens um which you know literally save life with anaphylaxis allergy response like in children <laughs> and the makers of epipen i think increased the price by thousands of mm-hmm. percents like, like not hundreds. And the drug has not changed as far as the cost to produce, mind you. Right. Um, so it's just, anyway. Okay. Right. And I'm releasing. <laughs> and like, to be clear, we're not anti-doctor, anti, you know, modern no. medicine when it's required and needed. Um, and I'm really happy to see like on the other end of things at PaleoFX, we met a lot of um, conventionally trained doctors who are now starting to open up to more functional modalities. We met a lot of um, RNs as well, and a lot of folks who are kind of bridging the line. So that's coming too. It's just like the financial piece of this is so disgusting, I think is the big takeaway yes. here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> okay. how drugs drive um, drug-induced nutrient depletion. Let's talk about that. So uh, let's use um, heart health as the first, you know, entrance to this conversation and, and kind of unpack some of that chicken and egg. So again, widely prescribed, you're going to get a statin drug of some form, right? So the statin drug blocks a pathway in the body called HMG-CoA reductase. Along that enzyme pathway is where your body manufactures cholesterol. Your body also manufactures other compounds like CoQ10, uh, testosterone, vitamin D. We know that cholesterol is a steroid building block to make hormone in the body as well, right? So what can happen with the use of the prescription of a statin? Well, first, your CoQ10 can get depleted. And that's one of those pretty widely acknowledged deficiency patterns. Um, And that's why we often look for the side effect of like myalgias or muscle aches or um, tenderness in the arms and legs and such. And a lot of that's due to a drop in CoQ10. CoQ10 is used as a nutritional powerhouse to fuel mitochondria, the energy factories in every cell of the body. So we see CoQ10 actually very concentrated in the heart, one of the most powerful muscles of the body. As CoQ10 declines, we get a weakened heart and that can result in left ventricular failure. So now the doctor sees that there's a shift within your uh, vascular function and they bring in beta blocker drugs. Okay, so they bring in a beta blocker on top of the statin, and the beta blocker can then cause more side effects. It can cause impacts on uh, blood pressure. It can cause chronic fatigue syndrome. Then you already have the aches going on, right? And now they find out that you still are dealing with high blood pressure because the beta blocker messed with your blood pressure function. 
And now they're adding in a diuretic and like, let's say lisinopril or hydrochlorothiazide. And this is now going to be depleting your water soluble nutrients. You're going to be spilling and pouring out your B vitamins as well as your electrolytes like magnesium, sodium, potassium, and then even other minerals like zinc. Yeah. And then I think adding insult to injury, a lot of people who are on statins are also going to be on things like metformin and diabetes drugs just because of the um, you know connection with metabolic syndrome, right? That we're seeing the heart health impacts and then we're also seeing blood sugar impact. Absolutely. And it, it, it is, like I said, so chicken and egg relationship. And we call those conditions, you know, it's like dysmetabolic disease, right? And we know that, for instance, when we're talking about blood pressure, that insulin might be the highest driver of blood pressure in the body, as opposed to what we used to talk so much and beat down about sodium itself, right? So potentially managing blood sugar control with like a ketogenic diet or a low carbohydrate diet and regulating blood sugar again, that's lifestyle elemental foundational would both lower the demand for a drug like metformin, as well as potentially get you off of that diuretic or other form of blood pressure lowering drug. And, you know, metformin itself is going to, I mentioned earlier that it's a mitochondrial disruptor, right? So that's going to further cause this depletion of B12. It's going to deplete folic acid or uh, folate, you know, in the body. And then that can drive more mental health concerns because we know both of those are so important with formation of our feel-good neurotransmitters. Yes. And then on down the line, what about antacids and H2 blockers and PPIs? I know these are really commonly used. And again, it could be the same patient that's on all of these drugs, honestly. No doubt. It kind of goes hand in hand, uh, but used to treat heartburn and GERD and reflux. Um, Let's talk about that and, and kind of where that's gone wrong. Yeah. So, I mean, the concern is we've talked about this in other episodes about, you know, optimizing your digestion and how the stomach pouch is supposed to be like this cauldron of pretty significant acidity, a pH of one to two, right? So it should break down a copper penny. And unfortunately, usually when we're dealing with heartburn or reflux, that's a marker of dysbiosis, like having SIBO or candida, so small intestinal bacteria overgrowth or candida that's too far north, right? And um, it also can be an impact of actual, the function of your lower esophageal sphincter. So the valve, the closing of your, your esophagus to your stomach, right? There can be mild amounts of hiatal hernia, which can tissue disturb that, that valve closing. But there's other components like melatonin, for instance, which is such a powerful antioxidant that helps with sleep. When melatonin gets depleted, we have higher dilation in the LES. So people that get heartburn in the evening could actually balance that by regulating their serotonin, which makes melatonin, right? Probably working with B vitamins and then potentially using melatonin as a sleep aid, which would give also quality depth of sleep as act as an antioxidant, reduce estrogen dominance. Again, the upstream effects create a cascade of responses that are generally favorable for the body versus these unfavorable changes. So when we use a PPI or a histamine 2 receptor antagonist or antacid in any form, that reduces the, the production of stomach acid. And that in itself is going to impair the breakdown of our food 
which means that we're not going to absorb our proteins as well. It means that we're not going to absorb our minerals as well. It means we're not going to absorb our B vitamins as well. And we're going to have too large of food particles in the intestines, which will cause GI distress, can drive leaky gut, can drive imbalanced microbiome population by overfeeding the bugs that are viable. Sure. And then I think beyond that, another real big one that we see, and we've done a couple of podcast episodes on at this point is birth control. Um, and again, this is another one that's handed out like candy to so, so many women. Right. If, if you don't have a cycle that, remember your cycle we talked about, I forget what episodes, was that? Uh, 106 like and 107. There you go. Yeah. We're so 106 control. and 107. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, your period is like a cardinal sign of your health. So lack of your period is telling you, your body is trying to express to you that something's off. Not that you have a deficiency for birth control. <laughs> Let's just be very clear. And unfortunately, we're, you know, in this conditioned model of like, shut the body up and tell it to do its work. Um, and birth control in itself, we go deeper into, I believe that's in episode 106 of that component, um, you know, how it can deplete B vitamins, how it can drive hormone imbalance. We can actually suppress hormone production. When you're getting synthetic hormones circulating in your blood and telling the body how to work, that can suppress the natural feedback mechanisms and your cyclical rhythm of your body, which can play a significant role when you think, quote unquote, oh, you just stop the pill and then you get pregnant. That's not generally the case, and that's what's really driving, I believe, a lot of the infertility epidemic and isn't discussed loud enough. So definitely check out episodes 106 and 107 if you're on birth control or uh, have a fam family member that is or want to learn more about that component and the natural alternatives. Awesome. And I love what you just said, that it's not a birth control deficiency, because I think you can extend that concept to all of the drugs that we've covered, that it's never a, yeah. a deficiency of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. um, is leading to that prescription, right? Yes. And we have a really cool table on our website. If you actually go to the My Clinic tab, you can click on under the micronutrient test. There is a clickable link that shares a table, which is really helpful for like those of you listeners that want to share this with mom or dad, right? And you're like, okay, I know they're on lisinopril. I know they're on Zocor or Crestor or Lipitor. And I just want to educate them or empower them with what they can take to replete what that drug is doing, you know, so you can always neutralize the effects as well. And that's an okay option. I'm not saying that anyone listening, I'm not recommending to anyone listening to cold turkey stop a drug without working with your practitioners and your team, but there are alternatives. Drugs are not the solution. They're a tool to silence a symptom and drug impact can be influenced by repleting nutrient pathways that we know are impacted by the drugs themselves. So we'll just kind of leave that and share that table. Um, before we go on to more fun to unpack in this episode, let's share our new sponsor, which feels like a long time coming, Becky. I know. We talk about these guys on pretty much every real food episode, at least, and we're always eating their product. But we've got F-Bomb on board today as our sponsor. We're really excited. Yes. So you guys know that I am a huge fan of a real food keto approach. 
So F-Bomb provides nut butter packs with three single ingredients. I'm all about looking at what is a whole food? Can you imagine it growing? What's been done to it since harvest? And one of my favorite things that I've really uh, found with Ross, which is one of the owners of F-Bomb, is that he is on board against non-caloric sweeteners. So one of my favorite flavors, uh, I have many favorites. I actually like all of them, but my top favorite is probably the macadamia coconut and the macadamia pecan. And both of them use, you know, macadamia nut, uh, raw pecan or raw coconut and salt as the ingredients in there. Yes. And if you ever play like the what's in your purse game (laughs) with either Allie or myself or what's in your backpack or fanny pack or whatever we're carrying that day, guaranteed there's going to be an F-bomb or two in there. I keep them in my desk drawer at work and they're a really good on the go delivery of about 20 grams of fat per pack. Awesome for Stella too. I know they've saved her from many a (laughs) meltdown and you guys like them for hikes and car trips and all the things. Oh yeah. I mean, I have F-bombs in many areas of my vehicle, in my <laughs> diaper bag, which still doesn't wear diapers anymore. So what do I call that now? Just my mom backpack. Yep. I don't know. My to- my toddler pack <laughs> um, <laughs> in my briefcase and so much more. And it's so important that we fuel our children with fat to help to balance blood sugar spikes in their body. So if your child is dealing with hanger, the irritable, angry, short fuse, fueling them with fat. And that's what I love about F-bombs. They provide at least, like Becky said, 20 grams is a solid delivery of fat for your kiddo's brain to really kind of bathe their body in mellow. (laughs) And the ratios are fantastic for keto snacks as well. In fact, even their chocolate, their salted macadamia chocolate or salted chocolate macadamia, excuse me, nut butter, it does have a little bit of cane syrup in it from the organic dark chocolate. And again, this is what I love about it because it's more of a whole food than something like erythritol or stevia or something that's going to give you that bitter, hyper palatable sweet and potentially still impact your insulin, but definitely impact your palate. What I love about the salted chocolate macadamia is it provides real dark chocolate that's sweetened with real food with macadamia nuts and sea salt, and the macros are still 22 grams of carbs, only four grams of carbohydrate, with three of those grams being fiber and two grams of protein. So it goes back to our whole philosophy that keto is not a yes or no food list. It's a metabolic state. And how can you eat whole real foods to get that metabolic boost? So you guys can go over to fbomb.com backslash Allie Miller RD. And on that landing page, you will see my testimonial with Stella, how the whole household Miller family loves dropping (laughs) F-bombs. And uh, watch a little video on what I love and you'll get uh, 20% off of your first order or 10% off of recurring orders. So awesome. And I know they've got some new products coming down the line as well. The Keto Crunch, um, which are little like cheese crunchy parm crisps and some new stuff coming in June. Yeah. The keto crunch is awesome because they use microbial enzymes versus like celluloses and other binders or fillers. So a really clean, cheesy crunch protein, no carb delivery. Awesome to put in kids' lunches too. Awesome. So I will link over to F-Bomb in the show notes if you want to check them out and hit up that 20% discount and just kind of stock up. Um, Let's get back into today's episode content and talk about um, a couple of other resources for listeners, if any of 
the items that we mentioned, any of the drug um, induced nutrient depletions that we mentioned resonate. So we've got, we mentioned episode 128, um, keto cardiologist with Dr. Nadir Ali, and I'll link to all of these in the show notes. And then we've got episode 106 and 107, birth control part one and two, because we couldn't we couldn't leave it at just one episode. Um, of course not. And then so, so many, if we're dealing with insulin resistance or on a diabetic drug, so many keto episodes, like pretty much every other episode. Uh, but episode 76 is a really good one on digging into the root of insulin resistance. And then again, the anti-anxiety diet probably gets mentioned in just about every episode. Um, but 54 and 126, we specifically delve deeper into that topic. So lots of resources out there and more to come as we keep putting out awesome content. Oh, and one of my favorites along the vein of anti-anxiety diet, uh, which was a recent one that I just feel like, you know, sometimes you record when you're like, oh, I really love what I shared. Everyone needs to listen to this one was the running on adrenaline podcast. Yep. That was one of my favorites so far. So I think that's 129. So make sure you listen to that too. Awesome. I will link all of those in our show notes for today. Um, So if you are on one of these common drugs, let's talk about a couple of the labs to dig deeper into the why of dysfunction. I know probably the the first go-to would be the micronutrient panel, it sounds like. Oh yeah. I think micronutrient is great. Like we said, we both like to do that foundationally, personally. And when people just ask about advanced labs, I think that that gives such a picture of trend in the body as well as just the what, right? So a good practitioner will look at your results and will tie together or weave together the story of your body, right? So you don't just isolate this person's deficient in serine, this person's deficient in B12, this person's deficient in choline. You know, to me, when I look at that, I say, well, serine plays a role with regulating cortisol metabolism. B12 plays a role with energy and, you know, when low can drive chronic fatigue. So then individual might be compensating with their adrenal output from cortisol. And, you know, that individual has low choline as well. And I know that acetylcholine plays a role as a transductor to our neurotransmitter communication. So I'm going to start that individual with Calm and Clear as their foundational formula. And then I'm going to layer in the B12 lozenge at time of need because Calm and Clear has phosphatidylserine in there. That's going to help to impact that cortisol peak. It also has the adaptogens and nervines. So we're working the entire HPA access. And then, you know, again, based on symptoms and feedback, that individual might layer in a full B complex or additional like adaptogen boost if they are dealing with heavy fatigue. But again, that gives us the why, the the story behind the deficiencies. When you look at everything that's been tested and you see what is in range as opposed to what is not in range and then look at the trends within that. Sure. And then so many other starting points, if we're prescribed a statin, we might want to go down the rabbit hole of the cardiometabolic panel to look at particle size and inflammatory markers and look at true cardiovascular risk because you might've been prescribed that statin based on, you know, total cholesterol of 220 and actually your breakdown looks beautiful. Absolutely. And, you know, we know stronger markers for cardiovascular risk are included in there like C-reactive protein and homocysteine, LP little a, fasting insulin. And we can also look at qualitative markers in the cardiometabolic that include 
how we might adjust your diet approach as far as intermittent fasting, as far as level of carb restriction, because we can look at markers of leptin and adiponectin. And those are really qualitative factors of, you know, how much body fat resistance your body is dealing with. And that's going to be an impact of what lifestyle and diet recommendations are made. Awesome. And then let's fast forward a little bit and just talk about, um, to kind of wrap things up today, because each of those individual episodes that we mentioned will have uh, great recommendations right. in terms of labs to dig deeper into the why. Um, let yeah, just, like yeah. if you're on an antacid, I was just going to say, I would start with a probiotic challenge yep. and bring in the, the digestate enzyme, which has hydrochloric acid and is going to help you break down the food particles. And then you could determine, is it a food sensitivity or is it a microbiome thing and kind of dig deeper from there? Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about just circling back to nutritional supplements, how these are different than drugs per se. Cause I know a lot of people do feel frustrated with like when we swap out their statin for three other pills or something like that, um, sure. or, or add stuff on top, they feel frustrated with taking quote unquote pills per se. Um, but I know, you know, our approach to food as medicine is going to include quality nutritional supplementation more as a food than a drug. Right. And I think the difference is that you are supporting a biological pathway versus interfering with it. Right. So none of my naturally nourished supplements or my recommendations are going to work on a receptor level to inhibit feedback or to provide a blocking in the body, right? They're looking at driving, again, kind of upstream a mechanism or a biochemical pathway or aiding in detoxification if there is excess, but we're generally speaking not blocking production. We might block a conversion. Like let's say, for instance, with estrogen dominance, I might work with an aromatase inhibitor which is going to block the conversion of testosterone into estrogen, right? Zinc plays a role in that, for instance, or chrysin from raw and filtered honey. Um, a lot of mushrooms can play a role with favorable impact there. And then I'm going to bring in something like my ultimate detox to help the liver in conjugating that excess estrogen, as well as in the colon, the calcium D-gluconate in my ultimate detox is going to grab that excess estrogen. So I think it's always understanding that you're going to want to support a bio, biological pathway and always, always understand the mechanism of action. And again, a functional practitioner, that's just a term, right? So a functional practitioner might be dumb as a doorknob and be prescribing you something without knowing the mechanism of action. And that is not a practitioner that you should work with. When I work with patients, I give them a supplement form and an entire section, an entire column of that says, why am I taking mm -hmm. this? And if they can't fill that out, it's my job to connect the dots because they'll actually, I believe truly in the core of my being that you will get better outcomes when you understand the mechanism and the purpose of the product you're taking beyond just Ali said it was good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, because, you know, you can also connect intuitively with how you feel on it. What's it supposed to be doing for you? And that can help you determine, do you take this for six months, for a year, for 18 months, for ongoing in life? Um, and what things you can pulse based on, you know, so if you have the sleep support formula, 
and you're traveling for business and you're getting crappy sleep, maybe you pulse that in. And hopefully that's intuitively named so you know how that's supposed to be taken. But um, as opposed to taking that on a Saturday night, if you're going to fall asleep without aid, and that allows then your melatonin pathways to recirculate and it's going to support so that you don't get resistance and you get more bang for your buck when you use that formula. Yes. And I think that's always the ultimate goal of giving you guys these tools is empowering you to use them and and scale up when you need to. That's a thing I go through a lot with clients with um, things like adaptogen boost and calming clear. It's like, okay, well, if you're on vacation, you may not need this at all, or you may take you know a couple of days at baseline. And then when you get back to work on Monday and you're slammed with 250 emails in your inbox, that's when you pulse up and take your six calming clear a day. Absolutely. Totally agree. Awesome. So we've got a couple of updates to close out on, um, on supplement, um, pricing structure, and we've got some new bundles as well. Do we want to give listeners a little sneak peek? Yeah. You know, I might chat to my appointment and let you, you give them the bundle updates. <laughs> <laughs> I have a live interview I'm supposed to take, but I, I just want to state as far as, um, before I bounce out of here, um, you know, <laughs> I don't think we formulated this episode to then full circle say, this is why you need our supplements, but I do pro- I, my whole purpose behind the naturally nourished supplement line is to provide you formulas that are potent, have third party assessed purity efficacy, you know, over the 10 plus years, if this is a formula that I've prescribed over a thousand of damn straight, I'm going to private label it so that I know that hundreds of thousands of you can have access to it because it's already changed so many lives. This is how I can kind of give back to the community. So my guarantee is that I'm going to provide you with these formulas that yield clinical outcomes that are pharmaceutical grade produced, which means they're tested not only for the potency of the milligrams stated of the active compound or CFUs or IUs, whatever the type of uh, you know measuring agent based on the compound, but that it's also tested for mold, toxicity, um, and any concern as far as ensuring there's no fillers, binders, or additives, and that I'm creating these below market value, industry value at two to eight percent below list price, market price. And that's why I private label them so I can make them affordable and accessible and you guys can get the outcomes. Um, And then as Becky will share with you about um, our bundles, all of these we provide for you when you're coming at a focused need like inflammation or gut distress or prenatal bundle. And all the bundles are going to have 18% off Um, which is an awesome savings to really make sure that you're able to support that system of interest. And then as you find something really works for your body, we also provide subscriptions, which gives you 10% off at either monthly or bi-monthly refills. So, you know, that's all on top of that two to 8% off market value. Um, So it's really my way to give back for all of you listeners. When you want to know what my favorite thing is, it's going to have naturally nourished on it. And um, it's going to be a formula that yields awesome outcomes. All right. So Allie, you run along and just trust that I'll close out the podcast and not turn this into like a monologue and talk about housewives or something. (laughs) Okay. I'm out of here. That's (laughs) awesome. All right. So uh, within our bundles, which can be found over at AllieMillerRD.com backslash shop, um, there is a section now of supplement bundles. And like Allie said, the bundles are great 
entry point if you're just getting started or kind of want to pick and choose and try a couple of different formulas um, before you decide what's going to work for you and, and you subscribe on those items that you're going to use on higher demand. Um, but the bundles, like Ali said, are a savings of between 18 and 20% off, which is pretty amazing. And we've just added to that section of the website a keto essentials bundle, which contains our top three supplements that we use within our virtual ketosis program. So now that'll be a, a tool that we use to empower that group um, in terms of, oh, how do I decide? You have 30 plus supplements. Start with the Keto Essentials Bundle, which contains Boost and Burn to help rev up your mitochondrial use of fat for fuel with Digeste that's going to aid in any digestive distress that occurs with keto and contains our Relax and Regulate, which is probably our number one seller supplement overall, but especially with keto with some of the electrolyte fluctuation and imbalance and keto flu that can occur. So that's just one example. We've also added the Mama to Be bundle, which we talked about in episode 135 as the three supplements bar none that we recommend when you are trying to get pregnant or are pregnant. Um, and that would be a great entry point for maybe a friend who you know just got pregnant and um, you don't wanna push this stuff on her, but maybe let her give a try to our top three formulas. Um, we've reformulated our essential wellness bundle to be the top three supplements overall. Like when someone asks us, hey, if I can only take three supplements, it's going to be a high quality multi, our EPA, DHA extra as a fish oil omega-3 support and our baseline probiotic. And that can be used if we know that we have potential um, gut distress or dysbiosis could be used in a probiotic challenge or just taken to support microbial health and balance ongoing. We have an option with iron and without iron for that. And then there is one more bundle that we added that is the gut rehab bundle. Oh no, it's called the gut essentials bundle. I don't know. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, the gut rehab bundle is renamed from our inflammatory gut bundle just because we didn't super love that name. And then we've added one more bundle that includes um, just the digest it's digestive basic bundle is what it's called. Uh, but it's our digest aid, restore baseline, probiotic, and GI lining, which are the top three formulas that we use uh, with anyone going through our leaky gut protocol, anyone doing our MRT food sensitivity panel, just to make that a little bit easier of an access point for those of you who are starting that or who run the MRT through the website, we can send you one link instead of three and you get some savings. So definitely hop on over, check out the bundles for savings. Um, as Ali mentioned, our subscriptions also come at a discount of 10% off for bi-monthly and monthly refills. And then last update before I conclude my monologue, um, buy in bulk now and um, make sure that you're using our heat ship 20 discount. So if you go on over to the website and you're used to buying probiotics or um, super turmeric or EPA, DHA as those gel caps, you may notice that there is a pop-up that's starting to come up about um, heat sensitivity and shipping in the summer months. So we are offering a coupon code um, so that we can overnight these products and get them to you with the stated potency and purity um, on those items. It's best to just go over now and 
get three to four months worth. And we'll be talking about this in our newsletter. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed over there on the newsletter. Uh, we'll also be talking about this more on Instagram as we get closer to those hot months. But hey, in Houston, it's already pretty hot. Um, so you can use that code HEATSHIP20 for $20 off the overnight shipping to make sure you're getting these items in ample time. And then last, last, last update before I let y'all go, um, check out, go over to AllieMillerRD.com and check out the Start Here tab. This is a new addition to our website that we recently built in order to help filter those of you that are coming to us with questions or um, common concerns. So we basically have a a starter page that has a quiz of five questions per section in five different sections. And you can choose the areas of highest need, whether it's GI dysfunction, whether dealing with an autoimmune or inflammatory condition, or whether just wanting to, you know, rock on and, and really optimize your wellness. We now have separate sections that are going to recommend the best program as a starting point for you, the best supplements and supplement bundles as starting points for you labs to consider when getting started, and then other resources in terms of blogs and podcasts where you can find more information on that topic. So that will be at AllieMillerRD.com backslash start here. Go on over and check it out. And if you love today's episode, please, please, please share it with a friend, share on Instagram, tag at AllieMillerRD, and then hop on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review along with a couple of sentences of why you love the podcast. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.